right, let's get our program underway and with a word from our sponsors. First of all, uh, support us at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Also support us at Mecca Books and this book, if which we're going to be reading from today, you can get it at Mecca Books with the password, with the coupon code Safina. You can get that. Okay. Coupon code Safina. Now let's turn to uh, a really amazing thing that you that that uh, I'm telling you a lot of nothing but facts viewers pitched into this, and that is the Qurbani. Let's go to the first split screen with the Qurbani uh, from Kenya, and we did it. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, nearly one thousand, believe it or not, and a lot of them. He said a lot of them. Like he's like it says, where did you, where did you uh, hear about this? A lot of people said from the nothing but facts live stream, right? Hundreds, hundreds of people who watched that video after it was uploaded and who, uh, who watched it live, sent in a donation from the nothing but facts uh, live stream to the Qurbani in in uh, Kenya. So I just want to inform you that hundreds. I mean, a total, over 900 people total, and I'm sure we, you know, uh, from nothing but facts, a lot from nothing but facts, but the total number was 900 plus people got a full lamb to eat, all right, or a goat. So that, that was really good. So that's the first Qurbani news. Second Qurbani news, let's put up my Eid Mubarak picture, all right? So Eid Mubarak to all of you guys. And here is my picture, all right, slaughtering. I wasn't going to put up the whole video because some people were like, I'm, I'm personally worried about the killer vegans. Shut, us, shut our YouTube down. Because the killer vegans are some nasty, nasty people. You do not want to mess. They're mentally ill, many of them. I'm not saying all vegans. I'm saying the killer vegans. You know the ones that will go after you and shut you down and PETA and everything? All right, um, you got the audio for the video? I mean, there's not much audio. There's no moaning from the lamb. This was such a beautiful sheep. It was an easy kill. He enjoyed, the sheep enjoyed it too. We bonded first. I'm telling you, I got, uh, I got emotional with my sheep, right? I held my sheep. I hugged my sheep. He's going to be me someday. Like in terms of he's going to be in our bodies, right? So I loved my sheep. All right, go. Here is, your is the audio on? Here's the window. I'm holding it down. Look at that beautiful color. Hey, you see this beautiful color? See how easy. Look at the beautiful color. Seconds. Dead in seconds, but the blood kicking is going to take a while. Like the, the, the animal will be jittery for a while. Okay, it's done. All right, so there you have it, folks. That was it. You just, it was so easy. 
Now, the animal will be jittery for a while. It's not moving. Some people are like, oh, it's moving after death. It's not moving after death, yeah, if, right? It's not, nothing moves after death, right? It's just the, the blood is moving, right? So that's all it is. It's not that the animal's moving. There's a difference of opinion here and a debate about who is the best tennis player. I'm, I'm going to go by one thing, Grand Slam wins. Like, you got to go by Grand Slam wins. You can go by total tournament wins. You can go by impact on the game. Each one of them it's, has its own category, right? To me, the best, the most important grand, uh, 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 statistic is Grand Slam wins. Okay. The second most important statistic is impact on the game and attraction power. Okay. So. You, by the way, there was a brother named Ismail. I said... I met him at, at the at the slaughter. I said, "What's your name?" He said, "Ismail." I said, "Oh, you came on the right day. Give me your neck." <laughs> Got it, Ismail's uh, <laughs> prophet Ismail, and he was like, "What?" And then he started cracking up. Finally, when he got my joke, yeah, I was like, "All right, we forgive you. Halas, go, and we'll uh, we'll slaughter a sheep in your place." All right, we got other news today for you, folks. I wish I really wish this stupid TV would work, but you're gonna have to read me the comments, okay? All right, other news today. Let's go to the split screen and go to Haramein Sharifain. Ladies and gentlemen, the clown show continues. The absolute and utter farce. This has got to be the most funniest headline, most absurd, most ridiculous, all at the same time. Look at this headline. Headline reads, Public Security Director from the Haramein Sharifain Okay, 6,000, what is that number? 300 and what? 90? 10? 6,310 people were arrested for attempting to perform Hajj without a permit. So they go on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Yeah, oh my slave. Explain why you got arrested in the year 1443 of the Hijrah. Mawla, it's trying to make Hajj. You obligated it, right? But you didn't have a permit. Unbelievable. So, okay, I get certain things right we're not stupid here i understand you need to have a permit all right because the the country needs to know that you're there what happens if you die okay you need to have order in this country but the idea of announcing that you have arrested them i mean give them a ticket say okay listen guess what you're not leaving you're not leaving the country until you pay. It costs money to keep you safe. You, you walked on our roads, right? You didn't just do Hajj. You also walked on our roads, didn't you? I get all this. Wallahi, I get it. But the, the idea and the concept of posing out a post that says, we've arrested you. Feel like proud. Why are you, why are you <laughs> posting this? Do you understand anything about PR? What is wrong with you? So, not that. 6,000, do you have time for this? Like, what did you round them up in vans? So, first of all, my way of doing it, let's say we all sit down and say, look, okay, this hajj is for the ummah, fine. But the country, that hajj is in our country. You use our, our, our airplanes or our uh, airports. You use our roads, okay? If you die, who's mopping it up? Us. If you get sick, whose hospital are you going to? 
All that's an expense. I get that. So flag these people's passports or flag them in some way that they owe this amount of money. Right? And then just like let them finish their hedge. No. In the middle of hedge. Boom. So they might not actually validate. The hedge might not even be valid because you might have to have missed a lot of it. All right, Habib, read us, get, get the mic closer to you and read us some of your, um, some of these crazy comments. All right, so from Nabil Uzir, uh-huh. he says, and you got the guts to publish this with your Dajjalic <laughs> eye symbol. Shame. But what's, what is the logic for Saudi to use eye symbols when we know that this is from the Dajjal? Next comment. You got to go and uh, open it in the left screen. Yeah, there you go. And then you can hit play. There should be a play button there when you click on it. All right. Hassani Hatan. Allah Almighty gave them permissions to fulfilling the duty of Hajj. Yeah, so a permit. <laughs> you, you shouldn't even call it permit. I guess you're going to call it permit for Hajj, but it's got to be like permit of entry or something. Right, call it something more. Allah gave them the permission to do Hajj. Why do I need your permission? Next. Lamia Mustafa, has Hajj been a crime these days? Yeah, because even the phrase "we've arrested them for doing Hajj without a permit." Where is your PR to put this on Facebook? Mukh, zero. Well, the Mukh is zero. Next. Hamdan Malik. Permit from who? Allah permitted everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's fudd. So, your next one? M. Sidin Kowaki. You need a permission to get into the masjid to perform salah slash hajj. Astaghfirullah. Our Prophet, peace be upon him, be very angry with the human rules made. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. Next one. That's it. That's it. All right, let's go to our Shema'in now. That was just no common sense at all. Com- the, the, the common sense, the PR of this whole hedge, they need to do a lot to make it up. How are they going to make this up, the PR for this hedge? I really don't know how they're going to... The whole thing has been such a disaster from start to finish. And there's no uh, current update. No, there's no no okay. updates. There's just like they ministries just taking over. Like... Yeah. And then and it's almost like, man, Ajib, look at these people laughing here, right? At at these comments. It's really ridiculous. Uh Tayyib Zaman, you can get this on Facebook, you can get this on YouTube Safina Society channel. All right, YouTube Safina Society channel, you can get this. Now we're going to get going to discuss the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's shama'il, and then we're going to have open QA because we didn't have open QA in the past. Okay, so uh, or since Monday was Eid, we didn't have open QA. Let's now begin. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Babu ma jaa fi dhahikir Rasul sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam. The chapter on the laughter of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How did the Prophet laugh? Because we have guidance on everything from this Nabi al-Adam, from this Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
we have guidance on absolutely everything that you can imagine. And laughter is important. Why is laughter important? Laughter can be a way to hurt people. When you laugh at somebody. Not laughing can be a way to hurt somebody. Like if someone makes a joke and nobody laughs, it's just basically you're insulting them. Okay? Laughter can be something that alters the, the sour mood or the tense tension in a room. Laughter is something that's really healthy for people. If you're down and out. If someone's down and out. I remember I had a friend that... I went to visit him one time and I thought he was going to a gap. He's actually another sheikh. And we were like, I was like, oh, I'll see you at this gathering. Turns out he's not going to that gathering. Reason he wasn't going to that gathering, they isolated him, right? And he was, there was a fitna. I didn't know about this fitna. They isolated him pretty badly. So I was like, man, you're my friend. I was going to hang out with you at this gathering. I'm not going to this gathering if they're treating you that way. I'm coming to your house. Went, got some burgers, fries, uh, and, and sodas and we went I'm telling you he was so depressed he hadn't cleaned the house before I came he hadn't even changed out of his undershirt he was so depressed and we get there and he just starts talking right I'm telling you one of the greatest medicines is a good friend and to be a good friend at that moment for me was an honor so I get there and he's basically Tell me all the story. Then we start eating these burgers. And then at some point, he ordered some more food and he needed his wallet, debit card. Then he threw, hey, Rehana, I hope that's not spray paint. No. Okay. Don't spray too much because if you get the, get the wood wet, okay? Okay. All right. Um, so he takes his wallet. Then he tosses his wallet, right? And it lands perfectly like on the ledge where he wanted it to land. I looked at him, I was like, man, I knew you are like good at basketball, but what was... So he starts cracking up. I'm telling you, that laughter was healing for him, right? We both of us were just started laughing, right? And it was, subhanAllah, healing. The whole night changed after that. It's as if Allah sent that moment down and it was a gift Everything changed. Laughter can be a healing. Now the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is totally true. It is true. His laughter was not anything more than a smile. And that is the way of many awliya. But it is not the way of every salih and righteous Muslim. Sometimes they do laugh. Now it is not just because it's not, the sunnah does not mean it's haram. And the reason that they do that and they do laugh like that is that sometimes people, you have to be with people at a certain level. So imagine you go home now and never going to laugh out loud again. So then your dad cracks a joke, your mom's laughing so hard, your eyes are tearing up, everyone's laughing, and you're sitting just, you're almost insulting them. Because you have to be with people at their level. Right? And that's why this is a very hard, tough sunnah to do. Okay? But the Prophet wasallam, that was his way. Because his mercy could not spill into a lack of heba. What is heba? Heba is awe. Okay? He had so much mercy, it had to be balanced with, you have to balance it. People could take him lightly. And that's impossible for the Messenger of Allah. It would not be possible. It would not be allowed. It would not be something that is suitable for the Prophet to be taken lightly. 
So Allah's guidance to him is only smile. When you laugh, only smile. No, you know, big dahik. Okay? By the way, could you zoom this camera in a little bit? Do you know how to do that? Or is it going to screw up the focus? Yeah. So, the Prophet wasallam's dahik was only a smile. But laughter is a lot of healing for us. Right? Laughter to us can also have a negative. Namely, it could be a killer of the hearts. Prophet said, كَثْرَةُ الضَّحِكِ يُمِيتُ الْقَلْبِ Too much laughter kills the heart. So, as we said, laughter sometimes is healing. Laughter sometimes could kill your spirituality. So we got to be aware of this. Okay? We have to be aware of this. And laughter is something that has a right place and a wrong place. I went to my uncle's house one time, sitting with my... I have five aunts from my dad's side. Sitting with, with a couple of them and their husbands. And my dad had two brothers. So I'm sitting with some of the bro- my uncles, my aunts, and the brothers-in-law. Homes in Egypt, they're small, right? We're all sitting there. And this, the topic came up of when they laughed at the wrong time. And they brought up all the times that they cracked up at a funeral. Now, the, the way they do it in Egypt, okay, is that they, they, they get a tent because the homes are too small. So you can't all come to visit somebody and, and, and show your, your um, what's the word, your condolences, express your condolences to them. How's that? It's called. You can't, they don't do it in the mosques. They don't do it in the mosques. They do it uh, in a tent. They can't do it in the homes. So they do it in a tent. So they have a men's side, a women's side, they have some food, and they have a reciter of Quran, right? And they, they, the tent is literally put in the middle of the street. Okay, a side street or something. So they're telling about all the times that they're at a few, at one of these one of these azat condolences, and where one of them cracks up. Oh my goodness! They're like at one funeral where one of the guys didn't really know the other guy very well. Like it happens. You go to a funeral, you don't know the guy that well, but someone knew him that you knew, right? So like you have a friend of yours, a a, a coworker. Whose, whose brother dies. You barely know the co-worker, but you have to show up. And you definitely don't know the brother. So like, it, emotionally, you're nothing. You're, you're not at any emotional sadness at all. And there could be three, four guys like that. That's the problem. And now the funeral's going on. They're waiting, waiting, waiting. Or the azat, whatever it is. And then someone says a joke. And they all cry. I remember being at a funeral, subhanAllah. And there are five, six imams there. Don't make any noise. Five, six imams there. It was a grave funeral. Like, we were, like, somber. But the, 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 the digging machine at the graveyard was, like, delayed. There were two other funerals. So they're digging one, and that takes 20 minutes. Then you come dig another. We're waiting an hour. And you're waiting on the side. After you wait for, like, 30 minutes, 40 by an hour, you mentally sort of forget you're at a funeral. Plus, we were just at the Salah, the Janazah. We prayed Janazah. There were speeches. There were recitations at the Janazah. We prayed the Janazah. That took about an hour and a half. We drove to the funeral. It took another hour or half hour. By the time you get there, already two hours, three hours had gone by. 
Now you wait another hour for the digger thingy to come in. And you forget that you're at a funeral. And then I caught, I looked around, I was like, we're making so much noise, talking, laughing, right? Because you forget you're at a funeral. So that's why we say laughter, it has a place, and it has a place where you should never laugh, right? There's a lot to study on laughter. There, there's, no one should ever imagine. The idea, if you imagine that, oh, this is such a weird subject, the laughter. Muslims are taught how to laugh. Yeah, we're taught how and when is the appropriate time to laugh and the inappropriate time to laugh. And it's a very, very important subject, right? So you have to understand how to utilize laughter. And sometimes in a tense debate, anything gets tense, you can kill it with laughter, okay? You can, you can pop the balloon of tension with laughter. So now let's study what the Prophet ﷺ spoke to us or how he laughed himself. Okay. This is from the Sahabi Jabir ibn Samura radiallahu anhu. Qala, kana fi saqi Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam humushatun wa kana la yadhaku illa tabassuma. Fakuntu idha nadhartu ilayhi qultu akhalul aynayn wa laysa bi akhal. Okay. This hadith says the calf of the Prophet ﷺ was more on the thin side. You ever see some people that have a thick calf? right? And in Egypt, there was an old poem. They used to say that the ideal body type of a woman in Egypt was, I remember being taught this in Georgetown, there was a poetry class, right? Uh, flat stomach and thick ankles. Like they wanted the calf to be thick or the ankles to be thick. That's just something they used to like. So, But calves and ankles are described as either being wide, fleshy, or thin. So the Prophet ﷺ's calf was more on the thin side. It was like formed. right? You see like an athlete, a runner. You'll never see a runner with thick ankles. right? So a runner, most, of the, most athletes, not all athletes, most athletes, they have thin ankles. Like the, the calf is defined. He's saying the Prophet's calf was defined. Right, he had a defined calf. Okay. And then he said that his laughter was a smile. And when everyone else would be laughing, he would just have a big smile. That's it. No, he never made noise. Never keeled over. Never cried from, or, or, or teared from laughter. He said, Jabir ibn Samura radiallahu ta'ala anhu, whenever I visited Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I thought that he had kuhl on his eyes, but he didn't. So his eyes, the bottom of his eyes were naturally dark. That looked like it had kuhl on his eyes. And his eyelashes were naturally big. More description of Sayyid al-Kawnayn sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is shifat for us, by the way. When we study the shima'il of the Prophet sallallahu it's nothing less than shifat for our hearts. It's a cure. If there's any false ideas that we have, any shubuhat, any uh, false hopes, Anything that's haram that we're doing, it's this is almost like it causes it to rise to the top and be eliminated when you engross your time in the shema of the Prophet. The next hadith says, An Abdullah ibn al Harith ibn, ibn Jazin radiallahu anhu, anhu qala, Ma ra'aytu ahadan akthara tabassuman min Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I have not seen anyone more in a state of smiling than the Messenger ﷺ. So let's take a look. The Prophet never laughed out loud, but was always smiling. So his mood was always positive, 
but never to this ecstatic laughter that we go into, right? It's almost as if, if you go this high, you must at some point go really low. If you notice, a lot of comedians have depression issues. It's that the hearts are dead. How can you laugh all the time, right? Like how much laughter is in a comedy show? Maybe one day we should get the comedian um, Azhar Osman. I like him. Like I met him a couple times and we chilled out. We had a blast. He's a great guy. I don't know what he's up to now. I think he's like disappeared off the radar. For me at least. I don't know. I'm sure for himself he's, he's, he's doing fine. But I haven't seen him for a while. But he's a comedian. And he's like talib ilm and person of deen. So I wonder what is it like, you know, to, to have to go to a comedy show every night and make people laugh. Like it's, it's sort of odd, right? Uh, in the sense that how much can you actually, just like sports is a lahu. It's a lahu that, mean, lahu there, there is no value, pretty much no value in watching sports. Except that, you can be around your kids. Sometimes they're into it, so you want to be into it because they're into it. And not all of... Some people say, oh, you watch... If you're a sheikh, let's say, in, a, in this world that we live in today, you cannot expect the child that you bring into the world, okay, to be... have the same motivation you have. All of us, tulab ilm, we're trying to be really... Um, uh, 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 we're trying to be close to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you, you, you came to that with, because of events that happened in your life. You're doing this because of things that happened. You made the decision. So when you bring a child into the world, you can't expect them to have the same level because they didn't make those decisions. And you can't make the decision for them. They, if they're going to have a drive to do to practice, there's a baseline they have to practice. Like there's a baseline of deen every child. I don't care whether you like it or not. It's my responsibility in the sight of Allah that you don't do certain things and you do other things. Basics, right? But the high level drive, that can only come from you. You can't force it. So you got to let them live a natural halal life and let those events happen by themselves and pray that one of your kids has the drive to go into the deen. So that means sometimes you're going to, if, if they're into sports, you're going to be into it with them because you want to sit with them, right? You can't be like, oh, I, I don't do those things. No, no, I'm too pious to watch the NBA Finals. I'll sit in the corner and remember Allah, and you watch the NBA Finals by yourselves. That doesn't work, right? You can't run a family like this. It's not good for teenage. So, so, so a teenager that wants to sit down and watch a game with his dad, this is a thing, a normal thing in our times. Okay. In the past, that would have been like, they would never do that. But the whole society would never have done that. No, no noble person would have done that. But today's a different era that we live in. It's just a regular thing he wants to do with his dad. So you so do those things. So, Lahu, if it's in excess, I always wonder, how do these sportscasters go to a game every, like, three, four times a night, uh, a week? Like, doesn't it get old? Like, don't you feel like I need to be more useful to society than to talk about balls and games, right? And players. I always wonder, man, your heart must be like totally dead because I can only stand it for like intervals. After that, I feel like I'm wasting time, right? Even when I was young, I would feel, even when I was just, just a regular kid like anyone else, you can't watch two games in a row 
okay? Just a waste of time because other people are not doing that and you got to compete against them in school and work and everything else. Even one game, a full three hours, I just did nothing and just watched the game. So even that, I got to break it up. I know. <laughs> Especially, I don't know how these British guys watch soccer. Yeah. Like, soccer is a great sport for me to play. I love playing soccer, right? I love watching highlights. How do you watch a 90-minute game that ends at 0-0? <laughs> like, you get a refund. Honestly, some people, you go to Liverpool, you go to Arsenal, which I live next to Arsenal Stadium. I lived in Angel. And the Arsenal fan base, they would all be coming out at the Northern Line, right? Because... I think it was on the northern line, right? And I would see these fans. I was like, oh, it must have been a game on because they're all coming out. And you know the score by the mood. If they come out loud and cheer, you know they won, right? But I'm thinking to myself, if that game ends 0-0, you get, a, get your money back, right? That, the, the payment of the ticket should be conditional on the score, right? Yeah. This should be a return policy on this thing. So, but anyway, like, there's got to be limits. So, likewise... The the uh, the uh, laughter comedy has there's it's a it's good in a small interval interval okay small interval at the right time at the right amount then it's a normal thing okay so here the Prophet was always smiling but never laughing out loud okay even in his contemplation as soon as he saw somebody he would always smile to them. This is the Sunnah of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay. Next. Ma kana an Abdullah ibn al-Harith. Of course, al-Harith is the uncle of the Prophet. This is Abdullah, Abdullah, son of Harith, son of Abdul Muttalib. Ma kana dahiku Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, illa tabassuma. His laughter was not anything other than smiling. عن أبي ذر رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم إني لأعلم أول رجل يدخل الجنة I know the first man who entered paradise وآخر رجل يخرج من النار and the last person who comes out of Jahannam and makes it into paradise يؤتى بالرجل يوم القيامة a man will come on the day of judgment. فيقال اعرضوا عليه صغار ذنوبه. So a man will be brought on the day of judgment, and he will be told, "Bring his minor sins." ويخبأ عنه كبارها. But the major sins will not be brought out yet. Only the minor sins are brought out. Okay. Imagine someone coming with like a screenshot of the video footage. There you are stealing a piece of gum. There you are, lying. There you are. These minor things, okay? فَيُقَالُ عَمِلْتَ يَوْمَ كَذَا كَذَا وَكَذَا You did this and this and this on this day. The date is there. And you did this, this, and this. And he has to agree. وَهُوَ مُقِرٌ لَا يُنْكِرُ He agrees. Yes, I, I admit I did that. وَهُوَ مُشْفِقٌ مِنْ كِبَارِهَا And he starts sweating. Why? It's like, what else is in the file? The major sins are coming soon? We're in trouble. The major sins are coming. The minor sins, yes, I did that. What about the major sins that he committed? Okay. فَيُقَالْ 
a'tuhu makana kulli sayyatin amilaha hasana he finds out all right the file the major sins are not coming out then the, it is announced for every major minor sin give him the value of these minor sins as good deeds so they all go into the scale of his good deeds fayaqul then he says really all my sins will be good deeds he says wait wait i have major sins too and he admits to his major sins himself because he wants them to be transformed into hasanats because they would be major hasanats right they would be big hasanats فَلَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ ضَحِكَ حَتَّى بَدَتْ نَوَاجِذُ And so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم laughed, meaning smiled, until his canines showed. نَوَاجِذُ are the canines. So he laughed that much. Okay. From that incident. عَنْ جَرِيرِ بْنَ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ مَا حَجَبَنِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ مُنْدُ أَسْلَمْتُ وَلَا رَآنِ إِلَّا ضَحِكَ This hadith from Jarir ibn Abdullah Never since I accepted Islam had the Prophet forbidden me to enter or attend his assembly because sometimes he would knock Prophet would say enter he never said wait he never said don't come in he always brought him into the circle and whenever he saw me he left I'll tell you what is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that we should all observe. You will just, you will have a magical environment, I guarantee you. Because you will extract from the hearts of people such a happiness. Two things. In any gathering, smile at the person when he comes in and always make room for them to sit down. That's how simple it is, Right? You, your gathering will, will, there will be magic in the gathering because everyone will be so included, feel so included, feel so happy. It's when that happiness happens in a large group, like amazing things happen. Right? I can't explain it any more than that. وعن جرير same Sahabi قال ما حجبني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا رأني منذ أسلمت إلا تبسما. Same thing, but this time he said smiled and not laughed. وعن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم إني لا أعرف آخر أهل النار خروجا ابن مسعود says I know the last person to exit the fire means he knows about about him not who the identity of the person is رجل يخرج منها زحفا see how زحفا is translated a man who comes out of it crawling Yes, Zahfa. Crawling. He comes crawling out of Jahannam. He will be so told, there, By the way, there's a long story. He skipped a lot. He's summarizing for you. He says, Go and enter paradise. He enters Jannah. He looks around. Everyone has a home. And he doesn't. Everyone here has a home, and he doesn't. There's no space left here. Everything is, he's walking around. This is his kingdom, this is so-and-so's kingdom. There's no room for anybody. Do you remember the time that you lived in this Hayat al-Dunya? 
And he goes back and he thinks, yeah, it was 1950s, 1920s, 2020s, whatever it is. Think about that time. Because as Sayyidina Umar asked the Prophet, when we go to the afterlife, are our intellects with us? Prophet said, yes. That means you will remember your sense of humor will not change. When you die, everything that you have with you is the same. Your memories, your sense of self. Imagine you're shutting your eyes. Just shut your eyes. You still have your brain, right? You still have your sense of who you are, of what your name is, what your family's name is. All of that stays with you when you die. Stays with you in the barzakh, stays with you in the resurrection, stays with you. So he is told, think about the time that you, in which you lived. And he's told, tamanna, wish, wish for something. So he wishes for the food that, that ha- he had in his time. I once asked the Shaykh what kind of foods are there in paradise. He said, the foods, the base of all the foods of paradise are the base of the culture that you had here. So if your food was, let's say, whatever culture, that's the baseline of the food that exists for you in Jannah, and then there's more that you haven't seen before. So, also, your, your taste of how things look, how a home should look, right? How a woman should look, all that. Your ta- how you want to look. All that is a baseline of what, what is already in your mind. فَيَتَمَنَّ So he, he imagines in his mind a paradise based upon what he knew in this world. فَيُقَالُ لَهُ فَإِنَّ لَكَ الَّذِي تَمَنَّيْتَهُ you have what you imagined and ten times of the entire size of this world. Ten times. When you imagine, if I were to tell you, imagine your Jannah. Imagine anything in this dunya. You probably would not imagine anything that would take up the whole continent of Africa. Right? You didn't need it. What would I do with it? Right? If I had like a massive palace that was five blocks, that's all I need, right? What else do I need? But he's told ten times hayat dunya. He is told, he says to Allah, أَتَسْخَرُ وَأَنْتَ الْمَلِكُ Do you mock me while you're the king? قَالْ فَلَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم. Again, the Prophet laughed until his canine showed and he, uh, the answer, in the, he doesn't mention this in this hadith, but the answer is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am Allah, I do not speak except the truth. Um, next hadith. Ali ibn Rabi'ah says, Shahidtu Sayyidina Ali, Aliyan radiallahu anhu. I witnessed the time of Sayyidina Ali. And he was brought with a chair, with a horse, an animal. Deb, it doesn't say horse, it says Deb, an animal to ride. When he put his foot in the stirrup, When he got onto the back of the animal, he said, Alhamdulillah. ثم قال سبحان الذي سخر لنا هذا وما كنا له مقرنين وإنا إلى ربنا لمنقلبون. That's the dua that you say is from the Quran when you ride an animal or ride a car or ride a plane or ride a train. You say that dua. سبحان الذي سخر لنا هذا وما كنا له مقرنين وإنا إلى ربنا لمنقلبون. 
Then he said again, Alhamdulillah, three times. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Subhanaka inni dhanamtu nafsi, faghfirli. Fa'innahu la yaghfiru dhunuba illa ant. And he said that dua. Thumma dhahika. Then he smiled. Or laughed. It says technically, laughed. Fa'qultu. Min ayya shay'in dhahikta ya amir al-mu'mineen. Oh, amir al-mu'mineen, because he was the khalifa at the time. Of what do you laugh? Sayyidina Ali says, رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم صنع كما صنعت ثم ضحك. Because I saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say exactly what I just said. In other words, he said these dua and then he laughed. So I laughed too. فقلت من أي شيء ضحكت يا رسول الله. So Sayyidina Ali says, I said, O Messenger of Allah, what's so funny? Why do you laugh or why do you smile? قال إن ربك your Lord is amazed. The amazement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is a great reward for that person. Why, why must we interpret that? Because you can only be amazed at something you don't know. And Allah knows everything. So therefore, that ta'ajjub of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a type of reward. Oh no, not this again. Cannot be serious. All right, well, the mic is still on, right? Okay. قال إن ربك لا يعجب من عبده إذا قال رب اغفر لي ذنوبي. He says, "My Lord, forgive me." يعلم أنه لا يغفر الذنوب أحد غيري. While knowing that there is none to forgive sins besides me. Why don't we, we might as well charge the other one while we're at it? Just saying it's over. Hmm? Like, cool. Want to put the fan on it? Cooling? Next hadith. An Amr ibn Sa'din qala qala Sa'dun. لقد رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم ضحك يوم الخندق حتى بدت نواجذه. On the day of Khandaq, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became, uh, 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 smiled until his teeth shone, were showing. Qultu, kayfa kana dahikuhu? I said, how did he laugh? What was his laughter like? Qala kana rajulun ma'ahu tursun. There was a man who had a turs. What is a turs? A turs is... Um, a shield. Okay. Ma'ahu turs. It was a shield. Wakana Sa'adun Ramian. And Sa'ad was a archer. Wakana Rajulu Yaqul. Kada wakada bit turs. And he used to say, and this archer okay, was protecting himself, swaying the shield from side to side, covering his forehead. Okay. فَنَزَعَ لَهُ سَعَدٌ بِسَهْمٍ فَلَمَّا رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ رَمَاهُ فَلَمْ يُخْطِئْ هَذِهِ مِنْهُ يَعْنِ جَبْهَتَهُ وَانْقَلَبَ الرَّجُلُ وَشَالَ بِرِجْلِهِ فَضَحِكَ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم حَتَّى بَدَتْ نَوَاجِدُهُ So, this is... The man, he's putting his shield back and forth. Okay? And then he's trash-talking 
He's saying things back. Then Sa'ad waits, waits, waits. Okay. And he fires him and he gets the arrow right in his head. He waits while the guy's moving around. And the guy gets so stunned, he falls almost like a um, cartoon. He falls backwards and his feet go up like a cartoon. So everyone laughed and the Prophet wasallam laughed. Last and that's and that is the okay. end of this chapter on the laughter of Sayyid al Kunain, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa wasallam. And let's now go to the live questions for the day. Okay. Are we allowed to have a tattooed Muslim welcome here? Um. And if ever, well, I mean, everyone is welcome except those who mock the deen. I have no, I'll block them right away if they make fun of the deen. That's it. But if he is someone who has some sins, someone who had it, maybe he had tattoos before becoming Muslim. We don't know these things. Okay. And uh, the answer is yes. You're welcome. And it's not our business, and a person should never reveal their wrong actions. Okay. You should never reveal your wrong actions to anybody. All right, you're going to be on the Instagram, but make sure if you swipe too hard, you'll swipe the whole app. So swipe very slowly. Okay. Now, a brother is asking, would you get mad if I became, if you, would you get mad if you became a son of I must not be talking to me. Since must not be talking to me. must be talking to somebody else. All right, let's go to our questions. Who has a question here? All right. Uh, Uga Panda. What is your question, ya Uga Panda? With these, these ajib names. All right, here's a question from Anza Jama'a. What's the power of Surah Al-Ikhlas 100 times a day or more? The Surah Al-Ikhlas. Rehan, if you want to ask the questions, you're gonna, can you turn her mic on, please? The Surah Al-Ikhlas 200 times in one day erases the sins of 50 years okay that's from the hadith i think i believe that's in tirmidhi it erases the sins of 50 years you have a question the questions haven't come up yet okay you have to just wait can we talk about the srebrenica or at least the different stages of the genocide in the affairs of the Ummah, we can talk about that, inshallah. Mike is on, right? Yeah. Would you get mad at yourself if you became a Salafi? I mean, I don't think anyone's mad at themselves by definition, uh, because if, if it's something that they chose to do by definition, they wouldn't be mad at themselves. Peter Crew, he is correct. He says that. Reciting Surah Al-Ikhlas ten times earns a person a palace in paradise. And that is correct. It builds a person a palace in paradise. That's correct. 
What is the symbolic or the uh, significance or the story behind the sandal of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Um, that sandal, why is it special? First of all, all of the relics of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are special. But the sandal of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has another significance, namely, when the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went on to the Isra and Mi'raj, he went up where no human being, not even an angel, could go. And when he got there, to speak directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because that was the location in which Allah had willed to manifest his speech, his eternal speech to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He remembered the Quran saying, Those, the past prophets, all the past prophets, are the ones whom Allah guided. So follow their guidance. So he remembered, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when another great prophet in the Qur'an, the moment in which Allah spoke to him, and the manifestation of Allah's eternal speech came to him. Who was that? That was Sayyidina Musa at the burning bush. And what did Allah say? فَخْلَعْنَ عَلَيْكَ Remove your sandals. So the Prophet ﷺ, taking an example from Sayyidina Musa, he said, I'll take my sandals off before Allah tells me to. He proceeded to take his sandals, to remove his sandals. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, as for you, there's no need for this. And the Prophet ﷺ kept his sandals on. And for that reason, we are told we may pray with our sandals on. Because the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in fact spoke and received the tajalli of Allah's words directly from Allah at that moment with the sandals on. That's the highest place that a human will ever be. More sacred and more lofty and more near to Allah Ta'ala than any of us is salah. And the second reason is that the Prophet ﷺ said, the Jews and the Christians, they take their sandals off to pray, pray with your shoes on, to be different. So there's two reasons. So that sandal was a topic in the Mi'raj. And therefore it became special to us. And the Sahaba documented its shape. How else did we know its shape, right? They documented, they preserved it. And we have until today the sandal of the Prophet and we know its shape. And we know that it was a two-thonged uh, sandal. So that it didn't just go between the, after the big toe, it also went after the third toe. Between toes number three and four, there was another strap. They both came together, and then they wrapped around the ankle. They both came together, and then they wrapped around the circular strap that was around the ankle. And then that strap was connected to the back of the heel. And that's why you see on these sandal shapes... Two dots in the front, one in the middle, at the bottom. That was the shape of the messenger's sandal. So they still make the style of sandal? You have to get it custom made to make that style of sandal, yeah. but they just have the pattern everywhere. right? And when people put the sandal on their kufi, well, 
you already believed the actual sandal was above the heaven, was, was above this earth. So it was above us, right? In that respect. So that's the meaning of that. Any questions from Instagram? All right, read it into the mic. I'm not hearing anything out of this, for some reason, which is weird. Maybe it's not on. All right, speak. Okay. Is, uh, is she on? Okay, good. Go. I own an animation studio. I draw and make children cartoons for a living. Is what I earn haram or not? Keep in mind, I'm trying to compete with Disney to create family-friendly material. Children's toys and cartoons is halal trade. It's halal to do that. You're allowed to buy and sell dolls. The whole process is, is halal. Animation is halal because it's flat, right? Makruh maximum. Maximum is makruh in the Maliki Madhab. In other Madhabs, maybe totally haram. But in the Maliki Madhab, what is haram is the full body that can survive and it has a shadow. That means it's three-dimensional. If it's only one of these two qualities, such as it's three-dimensional but it's not a full body that can survive, like a bust, which is just the head and the chest and the shoulders, then it's makru. Or it's a full body, but it's not three-dimensional. Then it's makru. But as we said, it's even for children, it's halal. Like a, like a doll is a statue. It's three-dimensional, and it's a full body. For children, it's halal. Next question. Uh, Salam, my son asks if it's okay to draw living things. We just answered that. Yeah, only for, as for children, it's halal. And otherwise, if you want to draw living things, you follow these two parameters. If it's the full body, and it's three-dimensional, it's haram. If it's one of those two qualities, it's makru. If it's zero of those two qualities, it's halal. Mahams talks about a Tunisian female finalist which wished all Muslims Eid Mubarak and said, I hope Arabs are inspired by me to play tennis. It's very nice. The sentiment is very nice that she's wishing the Muslims Eid Mubarak, but uh, playing sport for, for money is something that is not halal for us. And then I don't know what she's wearing and running around and maybe grunting too in front of other men. That may be something that is not appropriate and definitely the clothing, Allahu Adam, if, so, uh, if that would be covering everything that is required in our religion. So we do have a law it's okay, it's nice that someone has a nice sentiment and maybe people don't know better. That's one thing. I think, I think most people know what a Muslim should wear and what they should cover. So I, I generally don't like to, um, to put a damper when someone is being nice, right? But just for the clarification of the fiqh of it. Because fiqh, I love fiqh. The reason you love fiqh is because that's what Allah loves. Allah loves for us to behave in certain ways. That's what's going to attract... Like, if you want this phone to work, what is the purpose of the phone? Is the purpose of the phone to charge it and not put it in water? And not put it in the sun? No, that's not the purpose of the phone. That's just what makes the phone work. The purpose of the phone is to connect. So the law is like the rules of the phone. Charge it. Don't put it in the sun. Update it. Empty the empty photos and empty data that's being on it. Right? Don't put it in water. These are the rules of how to have a phone. But that's not the purpose of the phone. The purpose of the phone is to connect and do great things with it. You could do great things. You could take pictures of things that, subhanAllah, no design, you know, hashtag no design. 
right? You know these, this hashtag of that brother? Yeah. Paul Williams? Th- there's a lot of amazing things you can do with this device. You can earn Jannah just by using how you use your device. It's a tool like any other tool. A man could have screws and a hammer and build home for the poor. Or he can murder somebody with a hammer, right? Or he could just make money for himself, for his family. A whole range. So tools and your, your soul is also a tool. What's its purpose? Its purpose is to attain ma'rifah. And ma'rifah is the greatest. This ma'rifah will lead a person to such wonders of amazement about what the human being is, let alone what Allah is, and who Allah is. So that's the purpose of the soul. The law allows us to fulfill our purpose. So here you have somebody with a great sentiment towards Muslims. I, uh, I appreciate that, and I, I love seeing that from people, especially on a big set center stage, where firstly Tunisians are fought for their Islam. It's like not fashionable, I guess, to be Muslim in Tunisia. Yet she went out against the grain. So that I really laud and commend that. But if we're going, but that shouldn't spill into any conception or idea that it's a, approved to be to, to earn money by through athletics, nor let alone you know the other things that may uh, not be in accord with our law. What about uh, so? That's the short answer. Like fighters, like in the UFC that are... Yeah, I mean, Khabib is one of my favorite... Like, he gave one of the best speeches ever for the Hall of Fame. That speech, it's just a great reminder. He said in his speech, a lot of people, they they finally succeed. Then they say, it's all about mindset, Mm -hmm. right? Well, mindset is a wonderful thing, but it's not about mindset. Allah brought you there. Mm -hmm. He gave you the mindset because he wanted to give you this. Certain things, if Allah wants something for you, he gives you something beforehand. Right? If Allah wants you to succeed in your business, He gives you an idea. He gives you the strength to wake up in the morning. He gives you the guts to take a risk and offer a sale, make a pitch. Pitching is hard. Pitching your product, pitching your service, whether it's to the world through marketing or to a set like client, it's hard. It takes a lot of guts to do these things. Right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. If Allah wants to give you a, uh, uh, to make you a successful businessman, give you a lot of money, he, he gives you those things first. So don't ever think those things are the cause of your success. They're not the cause of your success. Or they may just be the means of your success. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate, call, uh, ultimate source of success. So that's what he said. He gave this Hall of Fame speech and he said that. But I go by the law. I'm not going to go by Muhammad Ali or Khabib. Right, who, who, who everyone loves these two personalities, and Muhammad Ali, may Allah have mercy upon him, he passed away. Um, Maham says, Because my niece was like, she's wearing shorts, so can we take inspiration of her? We're in such a mixed world today, and how do I balance living in a mixed world? I know my rules, and I respect positive sentiments, right. I'm not going to go and put a damper and be such a negative when someone's trying to be positive. Fine, I'll take the positive, but I'll keep in mind what is God's law because that's what's important, right? There's such a mixture. It's unbelievable. As you say, Peter Crew, this guy, he's a Muslim, this brother, he's had tattoos all over him. Now he becomes a Muslim. He's got to live his life, right? We got to overlook these things, okay? You really have to overlook these things. Now, nobody has to marry anyone's daughter to anybody, 
But we as Muslims in general, as a community, as a general sentiment, you can't hold people's mixed state. They're in a mixed state or they have a past baggage. We can't go this route where we keep holding this against them. I don't know anybody who's not mixed. Isn't everyone mixed at some point in time? We're always mixed. So having good vibes towards those who are, have a mixed thing where he commits some sins and he does some good deeds, that doesn't, is not approval of the things that he does wrong. It's not approval. But it's encouragement. Like, all right, you're trying to do good. I'm trying to do good. I'm mixed. You're mixed. So only by jama'ah are people going to get better. But if they're pushed away for a reason that is not justified or commanded, we are commanded to push some people away. If someone says, I'm proud of this and this is my identity and that's how I want to do things and, and I'm this, that, and the other, we say no. All right, stay away from us now. I thought you're, you're, you're soiling the crop. Instagram, speak in the mic. What's the question? Uh, the Qurbani animal became ill before Eid. And they killed uh, they killed animal before Eid. Is this Qurbani not accepted? Illness? I have to refu- review illness for Qurbani. I know certain things it should not have. But what degree of illness? Is it have the sniffles? Or has like a disease? I have to review that. I'm sorry. I don't have that off the top of my head. Next question. How can we remind ourselves to apply lessons we've learned from the Qur'an, hadiths, etc., in real time. Repeat. How can we remind ourselves to apply lessons we learn from the Quran, hadiths? Oh, uh, good question. How how can we apply lessons of Quran and hadith in real time? The best best answer to this is for us always to observe or keep the company of those better than us and watch how they apply it. That's the best way to do it. Okay. Muhammad M. I guess we have to block him. I don't know what his issue is. Who? Muhammad M. He keeps spamming and spamming. We have to block him. In Facebook? Can you block YouTube? Just talking nonsense. Next question. Oh, he's deleting them. Can my 14-year-old make her own 3D doll out of clay? Can a 14-year-old make a 3D doll out of clay? I think the 14 year you're bad now, you're beyond doll age, I think, in my opinion, personally speaking. Next question. Can, uh, how can one stay consistent in memorizing the Qur'an? How do you stay consistent in memorizing the Qur'an? Get a teacher and get a class. A class that you go to where you encourage each other. You have review sessions. And a sheikh that will keep you on the straight path on this. Next. Um... Are you ob- obligated to cover your head when going to washroom, even if you have recited the du'a? No, you don't have to cover your head in the bathroom. I ne- I've, I've heard this several times, but I've never seen it in any of the works that it's a, it's a fadila. Next. Uh, mm. A good number of the companions were enemies of the Prophet Muhammad, alayhi salam. A good number. Okay, I just want to make sure her audio was working. Yes, what's, what about the enemies before Islam? That's all he said. Yeah, they were enemies of the Prophet before Islam. So maybe that's what the brother was commenting that we said that people have a past, and the worst of past is that you were enemy of the Prophet. So if the Prophet forgave that, we should. 
Now, remember, forgivable does not mean you got to be his best friend. There are more factors. But you got to let him in the jama'ah. Okay? they got to be let in the jama'ah, and, and no one's got to mention their, their past mistakes. MP says, can you explain about a person who will stand before Allah and his minor sins will be forgiven and turn into hasanah and the person will be mentioned to Allah? What about their major sins? Yes, because he wants the major sins to be turned into hasanah too. Right? So that's why he said, bring out my major sins so we can, they can be converted into good deeds too. Whoa, Muhammad M, please, seriously. What are you doing? Someone reported him and, 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 and uh, he's out, it looks like. His comments are still up. Can you, can you uh, from Restream, hit block on the guy? Adnan says, yes, just click on the three dots next to his name, click block. So that's, I guess we have to be logged into the Safina. I'm not logged in on my personal account on my phone. But let me just do it anyway. Okay, just block. That means only I will be able to block them. So I would have to go in from... Can you do it from Restream? No, I can't. I remember Ryan showed me through the comments you can block them, but... Can you do that? But his name would have to pop up. Can you go into YouTube? You open Safari up or whatever, and then just in YouTube... Un- you have to be logged into Safin Society, and then you can do it from there. I'll just look up his name. Huh? You'll see it in the comments section, and then just click on it, the three dots, and then block his... Um... This question was... Oh, before we go on, Patreon.com is where you can be part of this podcast by supporting us at Patreon.com backslash Safina Society. You can also get this book and any book you want from Mecca Books with a discount code of Safina, S-A-F-I-N-A. S-A-F-I-N-A. Follow-up from Noah. Follow-up on the non-Muslim who buys a home and resells it to you while he's paying the mortgage on his end. I don't care what he's doing. All that matters is me and him. Okay? That is a... uh, Is it gharar since it's not in his possession? It is in his possession. It is in his possession. Except that if he stops making the payments, then you... That home may be foreclosed. But what you should... That is a problem. That's a great question by Noah. Because he's not secure, right? That is a good question. Very good question. We need to talk to some scholars about this. Right? Now, yeah, we have to talk to scholars. Because we're not allowed to buy something that's not securely. Unless, yeah, no. uh, you, You can't transfer it unless it's paid first. Okay? And you don't want to take on his mortgage. So you're buying it with a halal contract from him, but he's still paying the mortgage. What happens if he dies? What happens if he is on no longer able to work? The house is lost. All your payments are lost. Sharia would not allow you as a customer, as a buyer, to put yourself at that risk. It's a good question. Great question by Noah. Peter Crew says he's a new convert. Congratulations. Send us an email at info at safinasociety.org and you can join our convert whatsapp list where you get all a whole bunch of news did you do it? good the Wimbledon female finalist was the first Arab she was Tunisian to ever make it to the final she said I hope I inspire African Arabs to play more tennis fine play tennis but the issue is in front of whom? 
to what end? Another reason why the Prophet said he forbade games for, for money is so that this sport industry wouldn't become such a thing where you, do you want to spend your whole life playing a sport? That's how you spent your life? Here's, here's another turn. Let's say in your jahili days, you were ignorant, so you did that. Now you're making millions of dollars, and you want to use that for the ummah. Fine. And I can understand that people will not go from zero to 60. I, they, they, we all should, technically, but we, we're human beings. So they're going to go from zero. They don't know anything. He may not even learn that it's haram. It may take time for them to realize, like, okay, i got to cover my aura. So in, from that respect, we should have rahmah and not pass a judgment on the intent and the amount of knowledge this person has and the strength of their iman. We don't know that yet. So leave that portion out. We, we can judge an action in theory. That's what we can judge. But don't pass a judgment and saying that they all know better, they're just greedy. Don't pass it. You don't know that. You don't know their iman may just be barely, right? That this is a humongous thing that they've done, right? And that asking them to f- fulfill all of the law right away would be just out of it would be impossible. Just like if you came to me and you said, I want you boy, go act on every single sunnah. I'll tell you, it, it might not be possible overnight. I'm, I'm out of my weakness. So that's the way that we should, I think, balance things out. All right. Um, next question. Read. Uh, did the Prophet وسلم, see all with his eyes but weigh about Bukhari 4,855? Did the Prophet see behind him? I guess the question is yes. Out of a miracle, it was a miracle that the Prophet could see behind him. Yes. Okay. Next. Um, my parents are hardcore Wahhabis, uh, whereas I have a sheikh as well. My parents don't let me meet him. What is the Islamic ruling on this? Just want a way out to meet my sheikh. Um, parent is one way. Their, your religious views are another way. Tough situation, but the reality of the situation is that you have to follow what you believe is right while not disrespecting your parents. It's not worth it. You will lose a lot if you pick a fight and wage war with your parents and fight with them. Now, I do understand there are exceptions. There are some parents who are so off. They're so off. There is no other way to survive except to cut them. Not cut them off, but do your thing. Knowing they're going to have a royal tantrum. And who has that? There was a group of women in our community a long time ago. Girls, young girls. They all went the route of Dean, whereas their parents were the other way. I know the case of one woman, the sister. She just said, I just got to do it. That's it. I'm just going to do it. And she just did it. She didn't fight with her tongue, right? She just did it. They had a royal flip out. She didn't pick the fight. She didn't answer them back. Just have to do this. That's it. And she survived. Right? So everyone's got their own way. Some people will negotiate it. But 
you got to just sort of try not to break their heart, but at the same time, if they're going to be heartbroken by what Allah obligated, you're not accountable for that. Okay? You're not accountable for that. Just got to keep that in mind. Can you make a segment, Sarah says, on the four temperaments? That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Next question. Um, how to evade riba from an insurance company when the insurance is obligatory for all, right. all citizens? What can I tell them? The insurance, if it's mandatory to have your car, it becomes halal for you to take and to buy because you have to have a car in the country. So the haram, when it becomes something required by the law, then we have to do that. Okay. Um, Islam is asking, was there ever a time the, the Sahaba laughed, but the Prophet didn't? I don't know about a certain time, but one thing we know that the Prophet did not laugh about was when someone cursed or someone said something that was vulgar or rude, he would not laugh at that. Okay. What about 3D images? No, the rule is for Jay Perez, does it have a shadow? No, it's on a screen. It does not have a shadow. Even the shadow is on the screen. No, we're talking about a real-time shadow in this world. Does it have a shadow? No, therefore it's not 3D. It's, it's on a screen. It's graphic. Next. Um, my wife is a firm believer of Allah. You're his wife? Yeah. Okay. He's a firm believer of Allah and the Prophet. She does everything required of her in Islam. However, she willingly does not pray. What, what do I do? She believes in Islam, but, but she does not pray on, on purpose. She does not pray. That's your wife. You make dua for her, you give her a certain period of time, and you have to actually talk to her because you are now a fasiq. You're willingly, on purpose, not praying. Well, there's a lot of people who do that. Just because there's a lot of people who do that doesn't mean you'd be more lenient with it. Okay? I think that you can't build a family on someone who doesn't pray. So, you talk, listen, get a give a very generous three month probationary period here and if you still have this such boldness with Allah I can't be with you if someone insulted your parents says that your parents walks in the room says assalamu alaikum I'm not saying walaikum salam I got my feet up on the couch on the table sitting on the couch I'm not getting up to say salam to your parents what's worse that or not praying not praying is far worse right not praying is far worse. And if, if, if a person did that once to your mom, if your husband or wife did that once, that's divorce right there. Like, how can I live with you after this, right? How can I live with you? My parents came in. You got your feet on the couch, uh, uh, on the table, and you don't answer them, look at them, reply to them, let alone get up to them and let alone greeting them. And you're just watching TV and you're drinking tea. Okay. I'm actually drinking. I'm not trying to make an effect. But wouldn't that be enough? 
something's wrong with you. Missing Salah is worse than that scene that you just imagined in your head. So I would tell that brother, probationary period of three months, that's a lot of time. Three months. Some people would have said three days. But I know that people take time and they have ego and they may be stubborn in the beginning. Three months. Maybe even less than that. And then, khalas, we go our separate ways. That's what I personally would do. There is a hadith, says Turquoise Man, about leveling graves. Many Muslim countries have tombs. Leveling graves is the sunnah. The graves should be flat. But the Shafi'iyah permitted marking a grave for as a symbol of religion, to honor religious people. That is a fatwa of the Shafi'iyah. That... Uh, for, solely for the sake of it's not to aggrandize the uh, an individual to aggrandize himself but rather for the society to aggrandize scholarship and that is a fatwa of the shafi but and, and i could probably look up those fatwa next question um on the friday what is recommended to read from the quran apart from surah al-kaf also, what about before sleep apart uh, from Surah Al-Mulk? On Friday, the greatest of ibadah is Surah Al-Kahf, followed by 1,000 salawats on the Prophet wasallam. That's from Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud. When you sleep, Surah Al-Mulk and Surah Al-Dukhan. Next question. Um, what about 14-year-old who doesn't pray? A 14-year-old who doesn't pray, they sh their parents have to tell them to pray and they have to get them used. What if the kid doesn't want to go to school? What does a parent do? <laughs> what if the kid doesn't want to eat vegetables ever again? Right? What do they do? What if the kid is outside playing and doesn't want to come inside? Right? Oh, you shoot baskets until 7 p.m., then you come inside. What if the kid doesn't want to do his homework ever again? So Salah is more important than all these things. Do sins show up on our body, says Anza? It could, as a darkness in the face. Yes, it could, as darkness in the face. I heard one of the effects of zina is you age faster, Allah alam. But we do know there is a darkness to the face of the ahl zina and all sins. Why is it not halal to earn money from sport? The Prophet ﷺ made a statement on it. So he just made a statement. He said the only games that can have a prize are war games established by the Khalifa. So to encourage the soldiers, being a soldier is boring, right? To encourage the soldiers to help them pass the time, to encourage them to get good at the, um, the things that they do in war. Shooting, horseback riding, swimming, wrestling, whatever you do in war, today we'll be firing guns. That can have a prize to it. Only things that have a, a function in this world, like the function of going to war. Right, anything that is used in war can be made a game, but it can only be done by the emir or the ruler of that state. Okay, for the soldiers, that's the Maliki opinion on that. Next question. Uh, did the Prophet see Allah with his eyes on the night of Miraj? No, we say what Sayyidah Aisha says. That no, that is not what happened. Sayyidah Aisha has her own fatwa on this. Not fatwa. She has the answer. Um, and his vision of Allah Ta'ala was with his heart, not with his eyes. Okay. 
That's what Malik follows. That's what Sayyidina Aisha says. Muzammil Khan, what do I do with thoughts that creep in my mind while making dua for something that you don't deserve it? You can handle, you can't handle it. It's from Iblis 100% and, and we don't deserve it. But Allah is generous. So let's go with the truth. We don't deserve it. And Allah is generous. We may not be able to handle it, but may Allah strengthen us. Ishavati says, never say, I'm weak. Rather say, oh Allah, strengthen me. Uh, what do you do with a 10-year-old who keeps fidgeting in salah? You keep making them practice salah. Could you raise the mic a little bit on my side? She's saying it's not loud enough for some reason. Um, keep praying until you move less and less and less. Pra- salah means requires practice. Hajra says, when we do Salat al-Hajah, verse when do we do Salat al-Istikhara? Salat al-Istikhara, Salat al-Istikhara is done when you have made a decision, but you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for you. And that if I've made the wrong decision, make it difficult for me. Okay. Salat al-Hajah is when you're making dua for something. That's the difference. So I've already made a decision, I'm going to do this. Versus making dua for something out of my control for Allah to bring it into existence. That's the difference. Salat al-Hajr for that one, and Salat al-Istikhara for a decision that you've already made and you're going to do it either way. That's the difference. Uh, Jay Perez, my question got botched. Where do 3D images like video games fall into considering that they are viewed on flat screen? They are considered two-dimensional, not three-dimensional. Abdul Shakur, how do we overcome period of religious exhaustion? A little bit of lahu is okay. Every day even, at nighttime, unwind yourself. Have a hobby. A little bit of, of, of baltar, something that is just completely unwind yourself in a halal way. The Sahaba themselves used to do that in some cases. That's how you could do that. Okay. Let's go down because I missed a lot of questions here. There were a lot of questions. Let's take one from you. Uh, if your kurbani animal becomes ill just before Eid, so you have accept, uh, so you have to slaughter it. We answered that, right? No, that right. was a different one. Keep going then. Is the kurbani accepted? I don't. I can't remember what degree of illness is accepted and what degree of illness is not. I have to look that up. Isra says, I thought that istikhara is before making a decision. No, it's maybe before starting, but I've made the decision. I'm doing X. Then I ask Allah, I have decided, uh, uh, help, me, help me know that it's the right decision by making it easier. And if I've made the wrong decision, make it harder. Then you go about doing your action. If you find all of a sudden all these obstacles, and now it's like impossible to do, then you, you may take that as I've made the wrong decision and Allah answered my istikhara. He showed me that I made the wrong decision. If it makes it easier, then Allah answered your prayer again also and He make it easier. So if like you were traveling somewhere and you're set to go a certain date to travel, yeah. you would make the istikhara and then exactly. whatever trans- Whatever happens, yeah. So I've made, I'm now, I'm, I'm pondering this job and let's say I'm going to get a job in Australia. Should I take it? Right, you can pray istikhara before you say yes. You can't do that. You can do dua al-hajjah before you say yes. 
And then if you see like, okay, he advised me say yes, he advised me say yes, my wife likes it, my kids like it, everyone's like, say yes. All my colleagues are saying, yeah, it's a great company. Then you say yes, right? Then Allah has made it easy. But now all of a sudden, well, your mom gets sick. You got to take care of your mom. You can't go. So Allah has answered your istikhara by making it impossible, making it very hard. Then all of a sudden you realize that uh, your, your wife doesn't want to go. Then ev- everything's collapsing. Like dream is collapsing, right? Like, uh, uh, what's that? Um, inception. So uh, everything's collapsing. So then uh, that's the answer to your istikhara. All right. Um, considering getting a guard dog, it would need to be indoors. We don't. We're not allowed to have a dog indoors, but you can make a house for it, right? Maybe you can go in the garage. You can make a house in the garage for the dog. If you need a guard dog, you can do that. Yeah. In the Maliki mother, the same. If you have a reason for the dog, you can have a dog. But you cannot have it as a pet, just for a pet. At security, other shepherding. Well, would it make sense to you, like, like, say you live in a good neighborhood and you're like, I'm getting a dog to guard my house. He's making enough. He's making stuff up. Yeah. Right. You it don't has need to be a legitimate reason. It has to be a legitimate yeah. reason. You guard dog and you live in a cul-de-sac with yeah. a bunch of half half a million dollar homes, right? All right. Um, That spammer scared that new Muslim guy away. Well, I once, my teacher said, I actually complained one time about a circle. I said, I want to go visit the sheikh, but subhanAllah, the circle there, I like the people there, I don't like them. He said, listen, if you're going to propose to a woman, you think all her brothers are going to be a bunch of angels? Her brothers may be a jerk, uncle may be a jerk, but you love the woman. You're going to fight through it, Right? That's what you do. Don't touch the mic. Fight through it. Likewise, many majalis of shiuch, many masajid, they attract people who are making tawbah. These are not perfect people here. You got to fight through it. So, uh, if someone wants, he doesn't have to fight through this, but if he wants to seek knowledge in the future, he should just focus on his intention. I'm here to learn this something. I don't care what anyone around me says. All right, last... um, Enjum says, if you want to offer food to a homeless person, but he wants something haram, are you allowed to give it for him? No. You're not allowed to go buy him something that is haram. So yesterday we ordered pizza. Yeah, come to the mic. Yesterday we ordered pizza. And uh, it was from like, just like a normal pizzeria. Yeah. And we got it, uh, we didn't tell them to, you know how you tell them to not cut the slices? Like, and it had it cut. So, but we don't know if it touched anything that was... You know, like pork related or like around. That's not direct sinfulness, but that's more like wasn't cautious, wasn't very cautious. So would you not eat that pizza? Um, that's a good, good question on the ruling of things. I, when I get pizza, I, I never even. Th- this came up because I usually just get it from a halal place yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. right so that's why I'm trying to think like I think when we get when I've gotten pizza I, I haven't even asked about that because you could just wipe the sides of your pizza 
worst case scenario where there's a small amount of the juice of the pepperoni, right? Firstly, we don't know that's the case. Yeah. It's possibly the case. And then you're going to, it's going to go, so if you scrape the side of your pizza, slice, you're good to go, right? Yeah. You can just scrape the side of your slice, either with something like cut it off yourself. Yeah. You should be good to go. Last question from. Go ahead, from Insta. Um, how many times can you make istikhara um, about the same thing? You can make istikhara as many times as you want. With every sunnah, you can make intentions. Sunnah al Maghrib istikhara. Sunnah uh, Shafa istikhara. Tahiyyat al Masjid istikhara. Okay. It's dua. Last one I'll take because we got to go. Handala Sheikh Sheikh says, Handala Sheikh says, Can you give a small day in a life Athkar edition? Yeah, that's a good That's a good thing. Yeah, we can do that, inshallah. No problem. That's a good idea. All right. Bushra says, What do we say to people who say LGBTQ people have suffered a lot of discrimination? And we should have sympathy for them. Discrimination, really, if you think about the punishment of certain actions, discrimination is really the least. It's not... Some things... The, the, the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be much worse. Right? So, being hard-hearted is a path to hellfire. Excessive hard-heartedness... Hard-heartedness is a path to hellfire. Excessive soft-heartedness, which means sympathy where it doesn't belong, is also a path. So, I went and I announced myself that I'm Qom Lutz and nobody in the office wants to look at me. I'm sorry, that is not something that is to be sympathized with. Right? You are not a victim here. Okay? A guy comes in and says, I'm never praying again. I don't pray anymore. Then the whole family shuns him. Then he goes and puts a nice Facebook post, and then he gets on the Washington Post, and then he's on TV. I've been shunned. I'm shunned for being a, a, a non-practicing Muslim. Right? I'm sorry. You don't, that does not deserve sympathy. You, we have to have fiqh of even where sympathy. In the same way, if you're too angry all the time, and your anger is out of place, you can go to hellfire for that. It could be sinful, let's just say. Likewise, you're always sympathetic to people, but that sympathy is out of place. Why don't you sympathize with Iblis? He's been totally excluded, right? He's excluded from Jannah forever. Are we sympathize with Iblis? Okay? So, I don't say Iblis come here and kill somebody. What did Iblis do? He has an issue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he comes here and whispers to people. That's all, right? Allah himself says his, his plot is weak and he physically didn't do anything to anybody he comes on the day of judgment and says no I just promised you a false promise and I whispered to you I didn't force you to do anything and it's true right he physically did nothing if you sit him in the court what did he do what crime did he commit to us humans yes he has a crime with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but to us humans he lied to us did he make a sign on a dotted line put a gun to our head so sympathy has limits 
in the same way that uh, anger has limits, hard-heartedness has limits, sympathy also has limits, right? And that's why Qawmilut, they grab at the heartstrings of those who have compassion and they win them over, right? They win them over because their way, this is not a, a, a typical uh, adversary. Like you grow up thinking, oh, I gotta be tough because I'm gonna face the mafia. But the mafia are not gonna come guilting you, right? <laughs> they don't come making you feel guilty. They try to try to kill you, right? But they don't try to make you feel guilty. Now we have a new type of adversary and enemy, I would say, that their whole game plan is to make you feel guilty. I don't feel guilty about anything. I have nothing to you, right? And by the way, right? Th- these things, Allah Himself has Sharia on these things. If a man comes and says, "Hey," I've chose a woman comes and says, "Hey, I've chosen to earn my livelihood by OnlyFans." Um, I'm on camera. I'm not giving anyone AIDS or diseases or anything. I'm just doing it on camera. I'm not harming anybody. Okay, but Allah has rules on this. So, my Muslim family now shuns me. They don't want to talk to me. They're mean to me. That's the least that they should they would have done, right? You're lucky that that had ended there, right? It could have been far worse because you're a person of zina now, right? Yes, maybe not the zina of the head, but there would in an Islamic country and a king would have done something to you, would have stopped you, would have punished you in some way, maybe not had, but we would have laws on the books against this thing. So, sympathy also, it does have a time in its place and it shouldn't, if it's out of place, it's like medicine out of place. Okay, you can get yourself killed. Jazakumullah khairan, ladies and gentlemen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wal-Asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-lazina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.